Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Talking Smack podcast presented by the Griffcast here at Canisius College. A Canisius sweep, a couple of splits, and a lot of new news and scores from across the country. So let's get to it. My name is Aiden Jolly alongside Adam Porsky. Let's do it. plays its first game in 41 days and goes out and sweeps Quinnipiac on the road 74 to 67 on Friday and then 89 to 70 on Saturday. It was Canisius' largest margin of victory this season uh, and a, their longest or their largest uh, margin dating back to November of 2019. The Griffs have quietly won four in a row now. They're up to sixth in the league. They are five and three. Um, overall, just a really impressive weekend for them after coming off of that 40-plus day pause. Um, I watched both of the games. Um, Jaco Fritz was fantastic in both games. Had 18 and seven in the first game. Had 13 points in the second game. Majesty Brandon, 17 points off the bench in game two. Uh, in game... One, Amadou Fofana uh, had one of his best games of the season, 16, 4, and 5. Um, overall, though, just a really, really, really good weekend for the Griffs. Yeah, no kidding. I mean, you know, you kind of you, you discussed the, 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 the long layoff that they had coming into this. Um, and I thought in the first game, it, it, it definitely did kind of show. I it mean, did. they came Absolutely. out extremely flat in the first half on Friday. Um, I mean, put up, what, like 22, 20 points, something like that? I think it was 21 not, points. 21. It was, uh, the, half, the halftime score was 34 to 21. They were down 16 to 2 at one point. Right, yeah. And and I think that that's just a testament to that long layover. But for them to come out in the second half on Friday and put up 53, I mean, that's just that, – that's a heck of a heck of a performance. You know what I mean? That's I feel like that's the kind of thing that you can really build some momentum off of, really build some confidence mm-hmm. off of. And I think that – also, you, you could, I was kind of evident in Saturday too. I mean, they, you know, once they got going on Saturday, it was pretty much blowout territory. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, a, a fantastic weekend for them. And, you know, with the Mac, the whole tiebreaker now being based off total wins um, for a team like Canisius that's as of right now is going to play just 14 games, like pretty almost the bare minimum to get you into the conference tournament. They're going to need all the wins they can get for seeding. So, um, to kick that off with a sweep is is very, very, very impressive, very, very crucial for mm-hmm. them as well um, as March is slowly approaching. Yeah, and I remember thinking back in early January when they swept St. Peter's, I was like, okay, like this is something that they can build off of and they can continue to win games um, after this just because St. Peter's, like, you know, obviously they're not what they usually are. They're, they've taken a step back this year, but they're still – a good team. St. Peter's currently sits third um, in the Mac right now, but to grab two wins against them at home. And I was, like I said, I was thinking, you know, momentum, um, like you said earlier, um, it was big momentum wise. Then they have the long pause. They were actually scheduled to play Quinnipiac. Like Quinnipiac came to Buffalo. They made the trip from Connecticut to Buffalo and didn't play any games yeah. because it had come out on that Saturday morning, um, right before the game that they had the inconclusive or that Canisius had the inconclusive test 
And then they had another test come back positive on Sunday. Um, the two were unrelated. Um, you know, they, it was a bit of a, I'm looking for the right word, deflator. It kind yeah. of deflated yeah. them, I, I felt like, uh, momentum-wise. And then he said they go 41 days um, without playing. Uh, they don't look good in the first half. Like I said, they were down 16 to two at one point, uh, 34 to 21 at the half they trailed. And the, the whole second half, I felt like, you know, they were grinding it out, making it closer, making it closer, getting, they got it to within 10. Then a few minutes later it was eight, then six, then four. And they finally ended up taking the lead with, I think about three and a half minutes on the clock. And, uh, they eventually, uh, pulled away from there and then they just carried that momentum into Saturday picked up uh 19 points they are they already found themselves up 10 at the half um they ended up winning that by 19 so just overall a really really impressive weekend for them mm-hmm. yeah no 100 percent, 100 i mean that's that that could turn out to be pretty massive with how jumbled the standings are at the moment i mean you got Oh God, let's see. Quinnipiac's at three, Riders at four, Iona's at four, got three at five, one at six, couple at seven. Like it, it's right. it's still so wide open in terms of seating with, with this mm-hmm. new total wins thing. So I mean, if Canisius, you know, you look you kind of look at their their schedule or the games that they are currently scheduled to play, where you know, they certainly could add one potentially during a weekday that's yet to be seen, but I mean, you play. You, you got two games teams that are around them. Right. Yeah. Exactly. You got two two games against Fairfield, which is a team currently below you technically. Two games against Manhattan, which I believe again technically are, below you. Yeah. Right. Technically below you, and then another. You know, your final uh, two game series is against Niagara, which is a team which is that I would I would argue right just above you. You know, kind of in that same tier. So, you know, those are all winnable games. You know what I mean? Like. As, as of right now, they avoid Siena. They already played Monmouth. So, right. you know, I, I think the opportunity is there for them to finish with potentially, you know, nine or so wins if right. things go their way. Um, yeah, I mean, absolutely. You can go, you know, four and two the rest of the way. That would put you at nine and five. I mean, that, that'll put you, I don't know, that'll put, maybe put you fourth. Mm-hmm. Because yeah, maybe, right. maybe, because then maybe someone ahead of you will go on a bike. You obviously don't want this to happen, um, just for you know health and safety and whatnot. But maybe a team ahead of you goes on pause, and you're able to get a couple wins. Um, you know, jump them a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, you hope that doesn't happen. Of course, yeah. Um, but um, you know, there, there's some real opportunities. Canisius is sitting in sixth right now, but they have an opportunity to move up if they can grab some wins. Um, I think it's very possible that they could end up as somewhere in the four to five range and, you know, compete for a bye in the first round. Yes, most definitely. Most definitely. Right. Um, I guess if you want to, we can transition a little bit here. Well, another um, guy I want to talk about just real quick. Shout oh, out yeah, to of course, of course. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Good shout. Good one. shout. Um, it was his second highest point total of the season. He had 17 um, in the second game against St. Peter's all the way back on um, January 2nd. <laughs> uh, but uh, he, he's finding his footing at Division One. It took him a couple games um, to do that. He didn't look good in the Marist series in December. Um, he looked a tick better against Monmouth. 
he got his footing in game two against St. Peter's. And then I, I feel like this is when he, this series is when he really took that jump and moved to the next level. And mm-hmm. I think, you know, through the rest of the season, I think he can be one of those guys um, that can help them. Yeah. Um, you know, close one, win games, and two, close out games. Yeah, he was he was integral down the stretch in that first game. He, he really, really – I mean, he had some big free throws, right. made some big plays. Um, I think I – it, 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 it seemed like they were put – Reggie Weatherford was putting the ball in his hand. Yeah, yeah. Um, which when you have so many guys on your team, you have, you know, you have a Yako Fritz, you have a Jelani White, you have a Jordan Henderson, you have a, you have a Malik Green, uh, Majesty Brandon, um, who all played roles in that first game. And they gave the ball to Fofana in those last few minutes. I think just, that's just a testament to what that coaching staff thinks about you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, hundred percent, hundred percent. And, you know, as you said, that's, to have that much confidence into somebody so new to the program is it does speak volumes for sure. So yes. um, yeah, big shout out to him. Very, very good shout there. Mm-hmm. I didn't even think about that. Right. So uh, Canisius moves up to five and three. They got a pair against Fairfield uh, on Friday and Saturday out in Connecticut. So the other two series will start out. Um, Iona has played. they played for the first time since december 23rd 2020 and they beat uh manhattan 85 to 67 that series resulted in a split manhattan picked up a 77 to 70 win on saturday barrick jean louis had 16 points for the gales in game one nelly jr joseph had 15 asante gist had 13 Ryan Myers off the bench had 13. Isaiah Ross had 11. Five guys in double figures in that game. I think that's just a huge testament to the depth of this Iona team. Mm-hmm. And to do that, like, coming off that – I mean, we just talked about Kanisha's coming off a pause. I mean – Right. This one was longer. Yeah, longer. I mean, and much, they won in more but... dominant fashion. Like, that's that's pretty pretty impressive for them to do that. Um, obviously, next day didn't go so well. They didn't get the sweep, but regardless – um, you know, all the credit in the world to Patino and his guys to be able to regroup after such a long pause and just pretty much score a blowout win. I mean, that's very, very impressive. Right. Um, you know, I, I, they, they had a lot of, they had, I, I'm not going to say a lot of practice time, but they had some practice time um, in the stretch where they were on pause. I mean, it was just kind of like an on and off thing um, they were going with. But I think Rick Patino had his guys – I, I guess semi ready um, mm-hmm. for that game, and it really showed. Yeah, no, for sure, for sure. Um, yeah, and then obviously the Saturday game, Manhattan uh, does get the win. They they uh, get the split, seventy seven to seventy. Um, I do got to give a shout out real quick. Elijah Buchanan Absolutely. has quietly had a very, very, very good year for for Manhattan. Right. Uh, I, I mean, in that game, twenty six, thirteen, and seven. Uh, along with two steals to lead the way for Manhattan. That was, that is a very impressive stat line. One of the more oh, impressive, impressive ones, super impressive. One of the more impressive ones I think we've seen this year, to be honest with you. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's averaging, I would agree with that. averaging 12, 12 points, seven rebounds for a guard. I mean, that's, that's a pretty darn good year for him for sure. His stats, his stats have gone up pretty significantly last year. He averaged, it was 7.4 a game. He's now up to 12.1. 
um, for rebounds, it went up from 3.2 to 6.9. Um, so he's definitely been, I'd say, one of the most improved players in the league this year. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. I mean, that's, I, I feel like as time has gone on, I feel like the more, you know, he's kind of been the headliner for them as, as mm. the season has gone on. Um, and if he can continue to do that, I'm certain that, you know, they could maybe score a win in the conference tournament. You know what I mean? Obviously, I, they're I think not, they're in a position too. Yeah, no, I think so too. I think so too. You know, you know, they're five and nine right now, certainly towards the bottom, but I don't think that they like, it, it's, it's tough to say because I feel like they had a pretty good start to the year. And then they just had that, that, that five game stretch where they lost, they lost five in a row. I mean, they were sitting at five and four at one point, you know what I mean? Pretty, pretty solidly towards the right, middle yeah, top they, of the they were not in a bad and, position. They started out. What was it? Um, because they started out one and one, one and three, uh, two and four. They started out four and yeah. four mm-hmm. um, in the league. That they, they were not in a bad spot by any stretch of the imagination. But then they get swept by St. Peter's, and then they get swept by Monmouth. And then they did lose game one. They, they did salvage the split. Uh, mm-hmm. But they were, were four and four, and they're now five and nine. So they're right. not – they're not – I mean, obviously – you get the win on Saturday and that's good, but um, they're almost, they're not trending in the right direction. No, honestly. no. Then that, that, that's the biggest trouble. That's the biggest trouble. You know, right. I mean, it's yet to be seen. Maybe this win can kind of um, get them on a bit of a roll. Um, you know, you finally get the, get the monkey off your back and that losing streak. But uh, yeah, I mean, you, you know, we'll see, we'll see. I feel like that's kind of a team where, um, they could, they could be good for a win. You know what I mean? They, I, I don't expect them to get a, get a buy personally, but I think that they no, definitely could score a win in the first round. Right. They'll play, uh, they'll play one game against Sienna, uh, on the 24th. Iona is going to be playing tomorrow. They will play Quinnipiac, um, out in Hamden tomorrow at four o'clock is just a single game, which I think I wouldn't be shocked if Kanisha's picked picks one of those up because um i think they the mac and the league are at a point where they're just trying to get games in and get um everybody up over 13 slash as close to 20 um as they can so like you said earlier i wouldn't be surprised if canisius picks up a game we'll say against sienna uh i'm not 100 percent sure when they come off pause um i know niagara came off of pause um earlier today mm-hmm. um but yeah i think it'll i think um i think we might be at a point where everyone will get to 13 barring um any pauses um obviously you don't want that to happen but i think everyone is starting to be in a much better spot especially if canisius gets these two games in against fairfield this weekend uh speaking of fairfield uh they split with st peter's over the weekend, 55 to 50 Stags win on Saturday. And then the lone game on Sunday, St. Peter's wins that 66 to 49. 20 points for Casey and Depo in that game, 18 for Daryl Banks. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Taj Benning with 20 in the Fairfield win on Friday. It was their top, uh, or the top score in the entire game. So, yeah, that's Benning, uh, has, started, Benning has started to become that guy. Yes. Yes. He he had four games in a row, um, double digit points, only had five points on Sunday. So that's 
a little bit worrisome, but, um, you know, not an overly bad thing. He had 20 points, uh, like you said, in the first game. He had 18 points in the first game against Quinnipiac a couple weeks ago, 23 in the second game. So he's started to become that number one scoring option um, for Jay Young. Uh, Fairfield is now, though, 5-14 and 14 overall. They're 5-9 and nine in the league. Uh, they're not having a great year, um, and they are – where are they? I, I lost my standings for a second. Uh, they are, I believe that would put them seven um, in the league. Yeah, seven. So they would play seven. They played the, the rider. They played rider in the first round. I'm sorry. I, I can't count for some reason, but um, yeah, Fairfield, eh, but you know, good, good on them for picking up a win. Yeah, that's true. I, I I really think Jesus Cruz kind of regressing this year hurt them. Greatly I think he is too. Because I, I mean, he's I, I I would just I mean, he's been out of this. He's out of the starting lineup now. He hasn't even been starting for them recently. Um, I think in the Quinnipiac series, their last series before the St. Peter's one was when that right. switch appears to have happened. Um, but Jake Wojcik is kind of um, taken on that role. I mean, he's. He's not going to give you, you know, 20 points like Benning can. But I think he's probably a little more consistent consistent yeah. in that 10 to 15 point range he'll give you like mm-hmm. every night. Basically. That's true. No, at, and that, he that's is their true. leading scorer. He's averaging 13 a game. Benning is at 12 and a half. That's true. Uh, for what it's worth. But That is true. Yeah, I think, yeah, it, that's a good point. I didn't really consider that, but. Yeah, I mean, it, it is good that they have had somebody to definitely fill that role. But I, you know, I've talked about that before. I, I it just disappoints me because I thought Jesus Cruz was primed to have a really good year this year. And I thought he was. Just too. it just hasn't yeah. it just hasn't happened for him, which which is mm-hmm. unfortunate. But mm-hmm. yeah, so Monmouth is still at the top of the league, ten and four. Iona's eight and two. St. Peter's is seven and five. Mayor seven and seven. Niagara six and eight. Canisius is five and three. Fairfield's five and nine. As is Manhattan. Iona's four and two, Riders four and eight. Quinnipiac is three and seven, and that is the standings one through eleven. So we can transition over into national. The first thing I want to talk about um, was some breaking news last night. Jalen Johnson for Duke has opted out of the remainder of the season. Um, I have some mixed feelings on this, but I'll let you go first. What are your thoughts on this? Uh, it's 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 unfortunate because like, you know, I, I I understand like let me let me preface this by saying I cannot blame a college athlete with professional ambitions right. in this current climate with college sports where you can't make any money, you know, you can't really do much of anything from an individual standpoint. You really you go there to play you know, play for your team. And, you know, if you're a highly touted prospect, you play at, you, you also play to, you know, raise your draft stock and, you know, appeal yourself to professional teams, but just to pretty much, he, if it almost just feels like he played that whole year thinking, you know, Oh yeah, you know, I'm on Duke, you know, we're a tournament team. We'll play well. And the second things kind of went downhill and now it's, I mean, well, you know, with him gone almost for sure now, they won't make the tournament, but. Right. Um, I mean, they weren't going to make the tournament anyway. They're, they're yeah. six and six in, a, I, guess, I guess, a down ACC. They're only eight and eight overall. Duke is not an NCAA yeah, tournament no. team, which is crazy exactly. to think about. 
Yeah. Um, but they're just not. Yeah. And, you know, I, I just think that to, to make that decision now, it almost feels like he's kind of just like giving up on the team and saying, mm-hmm. well, if we're not going anywhere, then why, you know, I'm not going to bother. Why do I need, to, why, to, why do I need yeah. to be here? You know what I mean? And, it, you know, in that, in that regard, it is a little bit disappointing for me. Um, but on the, on the other end, it is, I, I can't blame him for, you know, right. not wanting I, I to def- risk injury in pretty much meaningless games. You know, I, right. I, can't, I, I, can't I definitely, I definitely um, agree with you on both sides there. Just the, t- the, the timing of it, I don't really like. Obviously, you know, if this were to happen, if, if he were to do this in like January, I'd be like, okay, like mid late January, I'd be like, okay, fine, whatever. Just the fact that they got, they have six regular season games left. Um, I mean, you, you, it, it's six games. I mean, obviously you're risking injury in those games. And, you know, maybe you've given the NBA scouts like all they can see it. And um, the NBA scouts might have told them, hey, look, like this is probably where you're going to go um, in the first round. Because Jalen Johnson is the first round pick. Um, mm-hmm. Absolutely. But again, I just don't. I don't love the timing of it. And one thing I want to say is there's with Jalen Johnson, there's a bit of a history um, with this because he played for three different high schools in three years and he left IMG Academy. IMG Academy, he left. Huh. One of the best prep schools in the country, if not yeah, the best. The best. And he pulled himself out of consideration for the McDonald's All-American. This is nothing new mm-hmm. for him. There is history here. And I think for NBA teams, especially in – I mean, I'm not going to criticize the NBA for this, but I think NBA teams are going to take a look at this and they're going to say – well, you know, he played for a bunch of different high schools. He left literally the best prep school in the country. He pulled himself from the All-American game. He opted out for Duke, which an opt-out is supposed to be for the pandemic. Uh, like health and safety concerns are obviously number one. This is clearly not that. Yeah, no, um, it is definitely not pandemic related. No, definitely not. Um, th- th- I-, I think that's the problem is there's a history of this. We've seen this before with him. Mm -hmm. And I want to compare this, and I want to compare this to Cole Anthony last year. He comes in, like, and UNC is not good. They were not great with him. And then he hurts his knee. He gets hurt. He has surgery on it. He comes back, like, he fast-tracks his recovery to come back, and he came back to a team with a bunch of players that were injured and a loose record who had no shot to make the tournament. I kind of compare this to that. Yeah. And I, there's, there, there was a narrative of Cole Anthony before that. Oh, he's not a good teammate, blah, 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 blah. You know, I mean, that narrative was just incorrect. Mm-hmm. No, that's true. I, I mean, mean it, I, it's, I mean, it's, it's comparable because Jalen Johnson is probably because Cole Anthony went mid first round. I forget where exactly he went. Um, but Jalen Johnson is probably a mid first rounder too. It's comparable draft stocks, but it's such a different way of how we're seeing this. Mm-hmm. 
You know what I mean? No, I do. I, I 100% agree with you. I mean, I think it's like comparing those two, it's just complete opposite ends of the spectrum. You know what I mean? Um, right. I think that, um, I think looking at how, what Cole Anthony did, to me, I mean, I'm no it's NBA GM. It's very admirable what Cole Anthony did. Yeah, no, it is. I don't exactly. think too many guys, not too many guys would have done that. No, I don't think so either. And like, if personally, if I'm an NBA GM, I'm not, you know what I mean? I'm right. not, you know, like obviously looking, you, you, you mainly look at talent, of course, but I mean, I think the teammate aspect is a very important part of that. You know, I think I, it is too. I, I, you know, if I'm presented with that opportunity, say Cole Anthony and Jalen Johnson are the same talent, same player, you know, all that. I, I go with Cole Anthony hundred percent just for that kind of, yeah. you know, wanting that, that willingness to come back, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. even after an injury where he could have just completely shut Anthony, it down. He, he could have absolutely said, you know, yeah. And he's not coming to mention, back like, from recovering from surgery. He's like, oh, this team sucked. Yeah. But UNC last year was awful. Yeah, they, they were. were terrible. They were. And, like, if he um, did if he did shut it down last year, I wouldn't have blamed nobody him. Nobody would have blamed him. I would not nobody have blamed him, blamed him whatsoever. You know what I mean? Not one bit. But He, he could have said, oh, I don't want to, you know, because it's a, it was a knee injury and he had surgery and he fast-tracked his recovery. And nobody would have blamed him if he said, you know, oh, I want to, you know, not aggravate my knee injury it would have been completely understandable because obviously knee injuries are tricky Jalen Johnson mm-hmm. isn't hurt he's not hurt no he's not um, yeah no it's 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 tough you know what I mean? a, I, like, I, like I, I said I see I like you I know, do like see both said, sides I see both sides I definitely see both sides I just think when yeah but it's just tough like when you bring up Cole Anthony you're like you know what that is that is a good point you know what I mean mm-hmm. it, it is it's just complete opposite you know, uh, treating that situation completely differently. So I don't know. I mean, it's, it, it's tough. It, it is tough. Yeah, and so I, so I, that was my impassioned thoughts on that situation. <laughs> yeah. I feel you there. I feel you. So um, we'll get to some games. I, I, we have some more news to talk about because there, there, there was a piece of news that also came out of the ACC that I want to talk about later. Um, but we'll get to some games first. I guess we're going to talk a lot about the ACC tonight. Um, <laughs> last night, Florida State beats Virginia 81 to 60. Yeah, they beat them. Florida like State has now won handily. 24 straight ACC home games. Yeah, that's shout out to Leonard Hamilton, man. <laughs> I mean, Florida State's the best God. team in the ACC right now, man. Honestly, they are. Yeah, I. I'd be hard pressed to disagree with you, to be honest with you. I mean, with the, with the way they've been playing recently, you know, and as you said, the ACC, it is a bit of a down year for them. For right. sure. They only have three ranked teams right now but, and a, kind of a lot of mediocrity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and it's true. They do have a lot of mediocrity. And I think that, you know, the top teams typically can thrive off that. You know what I mean? When you, you know, mm-hmm. when you really only have a couple good teams and the rest are kind of like pretty much not, well, not the whole league, of course, but you know, there's a good chunk right. of teams that kind of hover around that average um, benchmark. Mm-hmm. I think that that definitely can help the top contenders, but I mean, you look at that, you, you look entering that game, just, you know, look at the rankings, for example, you say, okay, yeah, Virginia's got, they're 11 and two or, you know, where they were 11 and one. They're they're eleven and one in the league. Yeah, right. Order. Entering yeah. entering last night, yeah, and then obviously Florida State was uh, seven and two. So you're like, okay, yeah, they're record wise, Virginia's the best team. But it, it makes sense that Virginia was is that is was 
the highest ranked team because they like they had only lost one game mm-hmm. um since December 26th, yeah. and that was to Gonzaga. Right, exactly, exactly. And you cannot blame them for that whatsoever. No. But they lost they lost to Gonzaga on the 26th. That the one loss on January 30th was to Virginia Tech, which we did talk about a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and but yeah, I mean for Florida State to just absolutely annihilate them, you know, I, I think you'd be it'd be it'd be a very interesting argument to hear you know your case there or anybody's case there just because like how can you argue with <laughs> the the absolute whooping that Virginia took last night mm-hmm. at the hands of Florida State and say oh yeah Virginia's still the best team I expected this to be a good game too yeah like I no, expected this yeah. to be I expected this to be a, a game that was run by Virginia because Virginia always tends to be the one in control of their games I mean Virginia, they, they were down and out early. They were down 20 at the half. Um, then they, they they just couldn't come back from that. MJ Walker had 17 points uh, for the Seminoles. Raekwon Gray had 15. Um, they're two leading scores. But yeah, I just, I didn't expect, I kind of, I, I expected Florida State to win, but I didn't expect them to beat them by 20 is really what it comes down to. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree with that. I think that's, that's pretty, that's a pretty good appraisal. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So yeah, I think Florida state's the best team in the ACC. I think they'll end up with probably a two or a three seed. Um, I I wouldn't be shocked to see Florida state as a two seed Virginia as a three is kind of what I'm thinking right now. And then Virginia tech probably on the four or five line. Yeah. I, and then, I, I and then you got that. a bunch of ACC teams kind of hanging around in that like seven to ten seed range. Yeah, I agree with that. I think that's is what I'm is what I'm thinking right now. I think that's pretty accurate. Um, I'm curious. Let's see what uh, Joel Linardi has right now. Um, he has Virginia as a three, and he still has Florida State as a four. He actually has Florida State up from a five as a four. This was just updated today. Um, okay. So, well, yeah, I mean, obviously, on, this is current. It also depends on who wins the ACC tournament, right? Of course, yeah, right. This is this is like if the season ended ended today, right? Course. So, right. Um, but yeah, that's yeah, that's definitely uh, you know, I think I think that's not worthy for sure, and yeah, I think that 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 definitely could be the type of win that you look depending on how the ACC tournament pans out. Um, that you you know, say Virginia and Florida State are kind of both in that that same seating range, which I imagine they will be. Um, That could be something that could push one, uh, you know, push Florida state a little bit higher than Virginia, but Mm -hmm. you know, we'll see selection Sunday is still, it, it, it's less than, I I know it's weird. I always just said it's a long way away. It's really not a long way away. It's it's not We're It is February 16th. You're getting close. That is the one thing I do love. This is just, this is, here's the, the calendar uh, section of the podcast. Um, Okay. (laughs) I love the fact that February is only 28 days because it just, it saves, like, it's just such a shorter time until conference tournament week, selection Sunday. Two, three days compared to other Yes, it is. But, (laughs) but if this month was like 31 days, I would be a lot more like, I'd be like, ugh. You know what I mean? It just, it just, cause February is so short. It just, for me personally, it makes it feel like March Madness is even, you know, it's it even closer. feels closer than what it actually right. is. Just cause but, like, it feels so like February, like just kind of started. That's like, actually over, true. And we're that over is the halfway true. point. That is true too. I literally, I was like, I, <laughs> I was, there's something I have to submit for my work. Um, 
mm-hmm. think like March 2nd or something like that. And I was like, right. oh yeah, I got plenty of time. You know what I mean? I can just sit down and do that in like half an hour. Like I got plenty of time. And right. I checked my phone. I was like, I got two weeks. What? Like, I was like, there's no, like, how is it already like February 16th? Yeah. Cause I got a bunch of stuff due at the beginning of March. Yeah. And I, and I feel like, and I was thinking about it earlier today because um, one of my classes, how, how it's working, it seems like, um, is he just threw like the first three chapters of stuff up and he said, oh, this is all due on March 2nd. Mm-hmm. And I kind of ignored it for a while and I find, and I finally like went on it today and I was like, huh, <laughs> <laughs> I have stuff to do here. Yeah, I feel that. I definitely, definitely feel that as well. So to be fair, though, I did a bunch of it this afternoon. So, hey, so I, I did like most of the first chapter this afternoon. So. <laughs> hey, I, I, and I still, nice. I, I have a little bit of time. Nice. Very, it's very good. Done. Yes. Fe- February is oddly short. Yes. Days. This concludes Anyways. the February segment. <laughs> so moving on, we'll go to, we'll go to the Big Ten real quick. Uh, I only have one Big Ten game to talk about. And it's uh, Michigan and Wisconsin on Sunday afternoon. Michigan wins at 67-59 after their uh, lengthy COVID bust being down 12 at the half. Uh, they end up coming down and coming back and beating Wisconsin on the road. So mm. really, really impressive for them. Yeah, no kidding. I mean, there were there were so many big shots in that game down the stretch there for were. Michigan. I mean, Isaiah Livers had that big three at the end. I think it was right. Hunter Dickinson had the offensive board. I think that Dick- was pretty Dickinson much. Dickinson was the... making. I was about to bring up that offensive board. Dickinson was making plays. Yes, yes. He and I, you know, I know we've mentioned him before. Just as probably the headline guy of where did he come from of of the year? Um, I mean, like I feel like people like when he first started playing well, I was like, oh, well, what that you know, good for him. Shout out to Hunter yeah, Dickinson. Right. You know what I mean? And now all of a sudden he's turned into like one of the better big men in the entire country. And you know. And he, he seemingly has just come out of nowhere. And mm-hmm. so big, big shout out to Hunter Dickinson. I mean, and, and Dickinson, I think so Dickinson, he's a guy who could be a one and done, but I don't think he's going to be. No, I don't think so either. I don't think I, so either. I, I think he's a guy who sticks around for three, maybe even four years. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think especially, Michigan. I think especially with the way the NBA is nowadays, I feel like traditional right. big men like him aren't as, aren't, aren't, aren't as valued. Yeah. Like so almost think, like, like like he's almost he's almost like Nikola Jokic, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, like that's the player I'd maybe kind of compare him to, but probably not as good and probably not as ready. Um, yeah, right. Exactly. For the NBA. Exactly. Exactly. So yeah. so I think so. I mean, this is I mean he's averaging fifteen points a game, just about, and uh, a little under eight rebounds a game. Uh, this is a great great start starting point for him. The thing that I guess does concern me though is that he's 20 already. He's he's a 20 year old freshman. Yeah, true. Good um, so I think I think that almost leads me to believe that he might not be a four year guy. Maybe we'll leave after next year um, and go into the NBA at 21. Um, I think that's possible. But then again, like who knows? And you know, obviously, Juwan Wagner has done such a good job. Um, just in year two with this program. I mean, Juwan Howard, I, I, I think I've said it on the show before. If I, if I haven't said it on the show before, I've said it in, you know, conversation. 
that when Michigan hired Juwan Howard, I was nervous that it would be like a Penny Hardaway situation. We're like, yeah, it's a name. It's an alumni, blah, blah, blah. Um, that you're going to, you know, get recruits and it's going to like, you're, you're like Michigan is going to be like a marquee program just because of the name um, of the coach who's coaching them. Similar to what Memphis is right now. Uh, uh, and I was just concerned he couldn't coach, but he mm-hmm. can coach. <laughs> no, he definitely can. And I he think, um, I, I think his experience with Eric Spolstra as an assistant coach for so many years definitely helped out with that. Um, so I think, I think Juwan Howard is going to be a guy who's going to be at Michigan for 15, 20 years, maybe even more. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. I, I, I totally agree with you on your point about c- kind of comparing him to Penny Hardaway when he first got hired. Cause I, I really thought the same thing. I really wasn't sure whether or not this would really pan out just because, you know, like you said, he, he kind of had that little experience that stint with, uh, with Eric Spolstra. Um, but beyond that, you know, he was pretty much just, you know, fab five, you know, that, 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 that's, you know, fab five, Michigan is really the coaching. only tie, you know, his assistant coaching t- uh, hires have a lot to do with it with Phil Martelli, Sadai Washington and Howard Isley. Uh, three really like, obviously we know about Phil Martelli and now he was at St. Joe's for 24 years and, he got a really raw deal when he left and Sadai Washington and Howard Isley are both uh, future head coaches. And I'll get to Isley uh, in a few minutes when we get to uh, that segment. Um, but just the coaching staff at Michigan is just so good. Yeah. And they do a damn good job with uh, Juwan Howard leading it. Yeah. hundred percent. I could not agree more. And I, I, it's just evident in the year that they're having, you know what I mean? Fourteen and one, nine and one on the year, or in conference, excuse me. Um, yeah, just just a really really fun team to watch and a really really talented team. Period. Mm-hmm. So, yeah that that was my uh, Michigan talk. Um, <laughs> we'll move over to the Big Twelve. This was a game I did not catch. I don't know if you did or not. Uh, crazy double overtime game. Uh, between Oklahoma and West Virginia. Oklahoma wins this game 91 to 90. A Austin Reeves, 28, 9 and 7 uh, for the Sooners. He was awesome. Derek Culver did his thing for West Virginia. Sam McNeil uh, had 21. Uh, but Sam McNeil has definitely become that number two guy, or Sean McNeil, I'm sorry, uh, has become that number two guy for West Virginia. Uh, but Oklahoma, good win for them. Really good win. Yeah, quality, quality win for them. I have to complain for a second because this game was on ESPN Plus. Oh, yeah. Which is so dumb. Why would you – like, I understand that a lot of this stuff is, like, made before the season, and, you know, I I understand that. But, like, you really couldn't flex this game to, like – ESPN ESPN 2 or something. ESPN U? Like, you couldn't flex this game anywhere? Um you know, I obviously I well, don't the know big, how the Big Twelve has their contract with ESPN. Well, yeah, says, yeah. Like, and they, I, they can I know. put games on ESPN Plus. I know, I know. It's just it like of, of all the games to throw on ESPN Plus, like this is this. No, like, I get that, that. that was just annoying. I mean, I, I have ESPN that. Plus. It's not like it's I couldn't watch it or nothing like that. But I just thought that was kind of ridiculous. No, Anywho, I agree. Because well, to... I I didn't know it was on ESPN Plus until like a day or two before, and I was like, oh, really? Yeah, yeah. I know. I I thought the same thing. I was just like, that's. I feel like that's like a pretty darn good game that you could get on tv that people would tune into and you know you have it buried on espn plus and sure enough turns out to be a fantastic game but right um anyways yeah uh 
back to what you were saying, you know, I really, really love Austin Reeves. I think he has been such an integral part of this Oklahoma team. And I mean, the stats back that up, um, you know, really enjoy watching him play, really enjoy his game. Um, yeah, I think, I think that Oklahoma really, I mean, they've, they've, they've kind of come onto the scene relatively recently. You know what I mean? I mean, January, they mm-hmm. had their, their big month of January was kind of what, you know, put them in the rankings and kind of have, has helped them stay in the rankings, but mm-hmm. it's not like there were like, you know, they had that stretch and fell off. Like they mm-hmm. have, you know, as evidenced by this West Virginia win, like they've, they've showed that they still belong and they very well might end up as a three. And depending on if things go really well for them, they could, they could be knocking on the door of a two seed. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just a great, great year for them for sure. Um, the big 12 has a lot of depth this yes, year. It, as does. A whole. it does. Very true. It almost rivals the big 10. Mm-hmm. Honestly. It's true. It's literally just the big 12 has less teams. Like that's, that's right. the only difference, but they have yes. six, I mean, the big 12 has six ranked teams. They're probably going to send seven to the tournament of their 10. So you got yeah. Siri going on back there. Yeah, that was Siri. I don't even know. <laughs> I must. I don't know. I don't know if I said like something like serious or something. I don't uh, know. But yeah, shout out Siri. <laughs> shout out Siri trying to talk right now. Uh, Siri, yeah. what are your thoughts on college basketball? Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> uh, yeah, six ranked teams in the Big Twelve. They'll probably send seven to the tournament with Oklahoma State. Um, in their TCU is not good, and obviously Kansas State and Iowa State both stink. Um, so. Uh, anyway, Big 12, yeah, like, like you said, um, Austin Reeves, really good. I really love watching uh, Umoja Gibson play, too, for Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good shot there for sure. He's mm-hmm. he's also been pretty, pretty good for them all year. And, yeah, I think this team could – this team has potential in March. I mean, they're playing their I, best I basketball at the right time. Is, right. You know, bearing any, you know – surprising turns in uh turns in form or injuries or anything like that i think they have some they have potentially elite eight you know uh mm-hmm. elite eight potential um for me personally so mm-hmm. i guess we'll see what happens but yeah i i have i have enjoyed watching them this year for sure mm-hmm. their game again they got uh they got texas on uh thursday that's a big opportunity for them to pick up um a win that could help them with seeding Big opportunity for them. A hundred percent. I mean, that could so, be that 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 could be the type of win that propels them into that two seed, like into that security. Line, yeah. Because I mean, you look at the rest of their schedule: Iowa State, Kansas State, and a back to back against Oklahoma State. Oh, excuse mm-hmm. me, back to back against Oklahoma State. So, yeah, this is really their last really really big test. You got um, Iowa State, Kansas State. You'll win both of those games, and then I'd say at worst you split against Oklahoma State. Mm-hmm. at worst right exactly and so yeah it's pretty much like is if you can put on one really good performance against texas and score that win and win out even if you lose in like the semifinals or even the quarterfinals of the big 12 mm-hmm. i think you're still pretty firmly in at least that three seed territory if not two seed right. conversation so yeah I, i'd love to see a baylor oklahoma uh big 12 final oh that would be yeah that would be juicy that would be juicy it would uh, they already played. They played each other once uh, back on January sixth. Baylor won that game. 
76 to 61. So, yeah. oh, I feel but uh, I feel like to be fair, I do think that Oklahoma is a bit of a different team than they were at the start they, of the year. Are. I agree. So, I, agree. I think I think I think it would definitely be a better game, but yeah, you know, it, mm-hmm. you know, goes just goes to show how good Baylor is. Mm-hmm. Um I I have two more. So, did, did you I, I'll uh I'll move to one game I want to talk about in the Big East. I caught most of this game. Uh, Creighton beats Villanova 86 to 70 um, at home. Really impressive for them. I didn't expect this. Mm-hmm. I, I think last week I did. I did I pick Creighton to win this game last week? I, I may have. Remember to be honest with you, you might. You definitely might have. Um, I didn't think this was going to happen though. <laughs> yeah, a no win doubt. like this. No doubt. I mean, yeah, that's... Creighton is a Creighton is a strange team. Yeah, they are. They really are. I mean, they've had. They have been – it has been such a roller coaster ride with this team this year. Like, are they – like, are they a two seed? Are they a six seed? Who knows? Right. Who they're, knows? They're, 14, <laughs> they're 14th in the country right now. They're, they're they're 12 and 4 in the Big East. Those four losses have come to Marquette, who's 5 and 10 in the league. Butler, who's 6 and 9. Providence, who's 7 and 8. And Georgetown, who's four and seven, mm-hmm. all four of their losses have beca- have come to sub five hundred teams. Yeah, and I don't know, like I don't know if that's just like a lapse of play. concentration for them against these lesser teams, or it's you know what I mean. And even yeah, like they they barely beat Marquette in the second game too. They only beat them by three. So right. I mean, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know if that's just kind of like a mental thing for them, where it's like they see an easy, an, a on paper easy win, and they just don't. They just kind of play down to their competition, or Maybe. you know, I, I I don't know. I really they beat Providence by two in uh, that other matchup against them. Yeah. They only beat DePaul by seven. Mm-hmm. DePaul. Yeah, I know. It's it's just very very unusual. Um, because like as you said, I mean, they've scored some pretty nice wins this year. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They beat beat uh, beat Xavier earlier in the season. Xavier's a pretty solid team. They beat um, UConn on yeah, the road. UConn, that was yeah, yeah. I they mean, beat Villanova just now. This, this right. has been their only matchup against Villanova. They they uh, they have one more against them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this is the yeah. I can't figure Creighton out. Uh, they missed Zegarowski. Uh, for a couple games, uh, yeah, they they played two games without Zegar Zegarowski, um, but still, like you know, you have the guys, you have Denzel Mahoney, you have Damian Jefferson, you have Christian Bishop, you have Mitch Valick. I mean, those are four guys right there. I mean, you have you you have five guys that are scoring in double figures. I mean, losing Zegarowski for a couple games shouldn't be as big of a deal as it was mm-hmm. and yeah. it, it was it really was yeah and, it, it's and they've had four losses all too far inferior competition so it's t- I, i'm still struggling to get a gauge on them yeah like yeah they, <laughs> like you said they could they could be like a two or a three seed but then on the other hand they could be like a six seed yeah that's true um out of curiosity, Lenardi has them at a five currently playing utah state in the first round um, which is an interesting matchup, very interesting matchup. By the way, um, completely off topic, but he has your uh, he has the he, he's on board for the four bid Mountain West right now. Is, let's go. He is. He's got all four of them in, all four of the the, the names that you know you you've mentioned in the past. In currently, so 
They're 25. Yeah, that is true. That is true. That's a that's a pretty nice step for them. Um, still got Colorado State in the last four in. So does he have Utah State winning the tournament? He must, because he doesn't have Utah State in. Is Colorado because? Well, he's got him as a twelve, yeah. So he must have them winning the tournament. Yeah. Um, which is interesting, but yeah, hey, that would be that would be fun. <laughs> that would be fun. Why not? Um, Let's do it. I love that that's on the table. You know what else I love on the table that that is uh, back on the table now? What is that? Two bid Missouri Valley. Yes. Back on the table. I love Loyola, it. Chicago, and Drake. That was a fantastic Lit, game Sunday. Which is exactly what we needed. Yes, absolutely, one hundred percent what we needed. That was that was such a good game. Oh, that 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 Tramel Murphy three. We know, oh my god, yeah. that was like from the corner as the shot clock was ridiculous going off. Ridiculous shot right there. Absolutely yeah. ridiculous shot. In that moment, with the stakes where they were, where you're pretty right. much playing to be an at-large bid. Like realistically, right. if they lose that game, I don't think they would have to win the tournament to be 100 secure. Right. You know what I mean? I I don't know. If, you know, obviously they still have to figure you know, finish out their regular season. They can't have any slip-ups or nothing like that. But, right. you know, if they lost that game, they were going to be arguably one of the bigger bubble teams, you know, mm-hmm. f- for sure. Right. Um, but, yeah, that is such a such a big win for them. And, you know, I, I, I don't know if you saw this at the end of the game. They were chirping. Like, both, both benches were that. going both at were. coaches. Like, they were going at each other. So, if you Teams give don't me like that, each other. Exactly. Say, you it. give me that in the championship. You give me that in the Missouri Valley championship, that is must-see TV. Like, those two- oh, oh, I love it. I love it. That, I that, it. Is, that is must-see TV right there. It that is. does end up happening. Um, but, yeah. Because yeah. that's definitely going to be the Missouri Valley title game. Definitely. Oh, yeah, yeah. I would be very surprised. I'm sure I'll eat those words in a couple weeks, but <laughs> – yeah, that's a fact. You know, got gotta love gotta love March. But yeah, I hope it does happen. I think that would be a phenomenal game. Yeah. Phenomenal, phenomenal game. It, it would be, yeah. And def and definitely like, you know, I think Loyola Chicago does have a better chance at being an at-large than Drake does. I know yeah, Loyola, oh, no, Chicago, Loyola Chicago has a couple more losses. Um they lost to Richmond and Wisconsin, well, when yeah, Richmond was good. Are, those aren't bad losses, you know what I mean? Right, and then they lost to Wisconsin on the road, <laughs> which is absolutely forgivable. And then, you know, obviously you have to split, and Loyola Chicago also lost to Indiana State. Drake's other loss was to Valparaiso uh, a few weeks ago. Um, but, yes, Tubin, Missouri Valley is very on the table. And I love it. And, and we said last week what we needed to do to get this was to get these two teams to split. And in the first game on Saturday, Loyola Chicago goes out and beats them 81 to 54. Um, which I which I was a little nervous because Drake was without um Hempel, was without Chanquan Hempel, uh, who is their leading scorer. And uh they end up getting the split here, especially after the first game. Like I said, I was nervous. I'm like, does it's having Hempel going to be you know, this huge deal thing where they're not going to play well at all. And then they're going to get swept. Granted, they didn't play too well in the second game, but they still end up getting the win. Very exciting game. Yeah. Yeah. Was that was uh, game? Yes. Uh, yeah, also, I do have to, to say 51 to 50 in overtime. Yeah. <laughs> if I'm not mistaken, isn't the, the Missouri Valley, that's a, uh... That's typically one of the earlier conference tournaments too, isn't it? Is. it? So it is. when, when oh. is there, uh, Oh yeah, March fourth. I just looked it up. March fourth through seventh this year. 
So, so it is early. So they, that, they start. Ooh, a few weeks. I like that. I like that. Give me a little action, like some real good action early on in conference tournament week. Because yeah, because Loyola Chicago, yeah. Loyola Chicago's only got three games left. Drake has five games left. Ooh, so I love it. That is that is exciting right there. They're, they'll that be done in about a week and a half. Oh so, man, I love it's, it. It's gonna be fun. That that tournament's gonna it's that tournament is always a lot of fun. Uh, but I think it'll be even more fun this year. I mean, throwing this throw in Missouri State, they could uh get some crazy going on in there. Same with Indiana State. True. Um I think Bradley is probably a little better than five and ten, but anyway. <laughs> um yeah, we need Drake, we need Drake and Loyola Chicago in the final of that. hundred so. percent. Absolutely. I would be, I would be so do you have, because I want to get to another news thing. Do you have any games that you, that we missed? Um, not particularly. I did just want to mention, um, you know, nothing, nothing too big, but I did want to mention Arkansas picks up a pretty big win for their bubble hopes over Missouri. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a 86, 81 in overtime on Saturday. Um, Iowa, finally gets back on track a little bit they absolutely blow out michigan state like blow out michigan state yeah um tennessee loses again to lsu yeah i missed that Um, yeah that's that's about it that was really the only the only few that kind of popped into my head yeah um but yeah you i'm I'm ready for this 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 so boston college has finally fired jim christian yeah, that's uh, like a long seven, time coming. After seven years at the helm, he went 78 and 132, an ACC record of 26 and 94, uh, a grand total of zero NCAA tournament appearances. Boston College has not made the NCAA tournament since 2009. Um, yeah, the timing of this was weird. Um, because they only have a couple games left in the regular season. I get that they might want to get a head start on uh, their coaching search. They only have five games left in the regular season. They're 3-13 and 13 overall, 1-9 and nine, um, in ACC play. Their only wins came over Rhode Island, Maine, and Miami. Um, I think an early name for this is John Becker, the head coach of Vermont. Um I think there's definitely potential for that. I think he could end up being an early call because John Becker has been thrown around for power five games in the Northeast for a long time now. And uh, I think he might get an early call. Howard Isley, like I talked about um, a little while ago, he could get a call. Bill Cohen at Northeastern I got. Uh, Porter Moser, I got Mark Schmidt. Uh, At Bonaventure, I have Devin Gates of Cleveland State and Tommy Amaker of Harvard. Hmm. Uh, I think I think those are yeah those are all for that job. Those are all good shots. I think you know Howard Isley, a Boston College alum, played for them in the nineties. Uh, yeah. Bill Cohen is a um, he was an assistant under Al Skinner, who was the coach the last time Boston College was good in the mid two thousands. Uh, Porter Moser has been probably trying to get a call up for years. Uh, same with Mark Schmidt, Dennis Gates's wife is a senior associate athletic director at Boston College. Man. So that so I think that's an interesting connection. And then Tommy yeah. Anaker at Harvard, obviously same city. 
Yeah, that's 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 an that's a list right there. I am <laughs> I, first I off, kudos to say kudos to you for putting that together, number one. And number two, yeah, that those are a lot of interesting names. I think the Howard Isley would probably be the more and in, most intriguing one to me. Right. Um, you know, we were just kind of talking about him earlier. And I think and you know, I think him playing there, that being his alma mater, I would have to think that that would certainly interest him in the job even more you know like you know obviously boston college i'm sure we'll reach out to plenty of guys but right. i would have to think that you know his connection I, I, you'd there, have to think he'll get a call yeah oh 100 i would be very surprised if he doesn't um and i would have to think that his connection there being you know that's his former school and all that i'm mm-hmm. sure that that would certainly interest him you know arguably the most out of all the candidates um mm-hmm. you know you can make the case for you know, pretty much any one of them, obviously being interested, you know, Mark Schmidt, obviously that's a step up for him, you know, but I mean, Mark, Mark Schmidt, Mark Schmidt is one of those guys that he, I mean, obviously it's, it's only in New York. It's not a basketball area by no, any not. stretch of the imagination. No, can can he, confirm. <laughs> no, but, but he has made that St. Bonaventure program, one of the best mid-major programs in the Northeast, much less in the country. Mm-hmm. Um, and true. I think, and I think he has potential to take that program, which, you know, Boston college is a program that's been dead in the water for 10 years. That's true. Uh, no, that's a very good point. That's there's there's good really point. no recruiting days around there and you're going to lose out to other schools. I think he can be a guy who can come in there and be a, not only a good recruiter, but a good X's nose guy as well. hundred percent. Yeah. That's a, that's a very good point. I mean, yeah, to your point, I mean, just me growing up in this area, Buffalo basketball, UB was always awful. Canisius and Niagara were never anything special. Right. It was always, it was Bonaventure. That was like, same Bonaventure was and has been the staple of Buffalo basketball for the longest time, you know, barring, you know, UB's runs uh, with Nate Oates in recent years, but, um, you know, and Bobby Hurley as well. But, right. you know, other than that, it has been Bonaventure and that is literally it if you don't like Bonaventure, you like Syracuse, you know what I mean? That's pretty much how it always was. You know, you never met a Buffalo basketball fan um, Mm -hmm. until recently. So, yeah, you know, I think, I think that's definitely an interesting name. Um, Yeah. I mean, that, that whole list you said are all very interesting names, you know, and, you know, as you said, while Boston college certainly has not been relevant in the national, uh, the national, uh, I'm blanking the national picture um, for a long time. It's a R5 job. The, they haven't made the tournament since 2009. Right, exactly, exactly. And while that is, you know, it's bad, you know, for from, an from the outside looking in, yeah. yeah, for an ACC school, that's terrible. But at the end of the day, it's still a Power 5 job. You have the opportunity to pretty much start from fresh, bring in your own right. guys, you know, recruit however you want to recruit. And, you know, the facilities, I would, it's an ACC school. The facilities there, the right. location is there all the, all the ingredients are there for them. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Boston is arguably one of the best sports cities as much as I hate to admit that is arguably one of the best sports cities in the country. So all the tools are there, all the ingredients are there. It's really just finally putting together a good enough, you know, good enough coaching staff recruiting the right way. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, the X's and O's have got to be there. So I think it's a very, very, very interesting position. And I am curious to see who fills it for sure. Right. I, and I definitely think it can be one of those seven. I mean, yeah, no, 100%. It, it, I think that's it a has great seemed list. like just from some articles I've read that John Becker, it, he very well may be the first call. Um, he has done a hell of a job at um, 
Vermont in the last handful of years. Um, he has gotten them to the postseason every single year uh, he has been the coach there. He's been the head coach there since 2011. And he's gotten them to the tournament. And he's gotten them not to the tournament, but to the postseason um, every year. Uh, three NCAA tournament appearances, a couple appearances in the NIT, three appearances in the CBI. Uh, 130 and 26 is his is his league uh, record there in the America East. His overall record is 228 and 94. Um, obviously, I didn't go to the tournament last year because nobody did. Um, but I think he could be a guy who gets a call. He's only 52. Um, so I think there's a real chance he gets this job. Bill Cohen, I'm not sure about. Um, like I said, he was an assistant with Al Skinner, um, who was their coach in, for, I think, 1997 to 2010. And uh, he went to the tournament a handful of times. Then Bill Cohen was an assistant. Uh, he's now the head coach at Northeastern. The problem with Bill Cohen is he's 59, and that is quite the step up um, from the Colonial to the ACC. True, true. It's a big step up. So I'm not sure about him, um, but I could definitely see some of those other guys. Mm-hmm. I, I agree. Paul Tommy Amaker, he has Power 5 experience, uh, former head coach at both Seton Hall and Michigan. Um so he, he has that experience. He's been at Harvard since 2007. Um, so I think he definitely could get a call as well. Yeah, I think, yeah, I agree with you. I think those are all, all potential names for sure. For sure. So, um, yeah, that, that was all I had there. So. <laughs> um, yeah, one thing I did, I, this is just something like lighthearted that I, I was wondering if you saw. Did you see that dunk from the, the Fort Worth player where he threw it off the backboard? I did. Um, oh, I, oh, I got to find his name now. Uh, let's see. I uh, got, got, you know, got, got to shot him out after a dunk like that, of course. Oh, uh, D- D- Demetric, yes, Demetric Horton, Demetric Horton. I'm assuming Demetric Horton. So yeah, shout out Demetric Horton. Um, that was honestly probably one of the more impressive dunks that I think I've seen all year. Um, mm-hmm. That was that was pretty incredible. Um, I actually here, you know what? F- one one final thing because I'm curious now. What is the best dunk you've ever seen live? Live, yeah. Um, uh, I would say 2019 NCAA tournament, the John Morant dunk. You were at that game. I was. Oh, yep. that is so cool. Yep. In the in the first their first round game against Marquette. That is so cool. That is the best dunk I've seen live. Oh my god! That Behind is... the back pass, I think it was from Shaq Buchanan. Uh, definitely that one. Oh, that Look is sick. Um, that's a good question. I would say I'm throwing it back a lot of years here, but I caught a I, I caught a game, an NBA game in Cleveland, uh, when they were playing the Clippers. Um, I think when I was like maybe twelve or thirteen, and that was like prime Lob City. Oh era yeah, this is with this is Clippers. Lob City. Yep. Yeah, so I, I'm pretty sure I saw I don't know who the heck Blake Griffin postered, but he he postered somebody and that was one of the cool like for me being like 12 and 13 and like I was a fan of the Clippers that was that was pretty darn cool another shout is I had I went to well I was this was in a high school game um I was doing it was like the first time I'd ever done like commentary ever and I was doing it was just like a live stream for uh for a a website I still write for and um it was my alma mater Cardinal O'Hara playing against another high school in the area St. Joe's Mm -hmm. um (laughs) shout out my my friend's brother Nick he goes to St. Joe's 
Um, but anyways, he, uh, it, or it was, it was that they were playing and uh, Justin Hemphill who played for my high school. Uh, you know, I went to school with him. He mm-hmm. postered, I forget the kid on Joe's name. I, I won't mention his name just because, you know, don't, don't want to bring up a bad memory for the kid. But, um, but anyways, yeah, he just absolutely posted the kid. Thankfully somebody was recording it. It blew up on social media. Like I think overtime yeah. posted, I think it was on house of highlights. So that was really cool just to kind of be there for a viral high school mm-hmm. basketball moment. That always, yeah, that, that I, I remember my high school. It, it was, it was a road game. I think it was, no, I think it was before I was in high school, but, um, they went, they had a, my high school had a road game. Um, down in the in the town next year, a little town called Boston Spa, and um, someone on Saratoga dunked. Like I think it was name, I think his name was Noah Arciero, and I think he went. I think he ended up playing for Hartford. And uh, like literally forty five seconds into the game, he dunked and he like broke the rim oh off God. the backboard, That's and they insane. had to stop the game. That's insane. Like they didn't have a backup rim. So they had played for like 45 seconds. They're like, well, now what? Okay, oh game is postponed. God. We'll play it another day. <laughs> That's insane. Yeah, it's like I've 30 never... or 45 seconds into the game. Holy smokes. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, I, that has never happened to me. I can say that for yes. a fact. That is crazy. I, that, I was not at that game, but I remember it happened. <laughs> Holy smokes. That is insane. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. What a, so, got, gotta love this game, man. What what a absolutely. game. Absolutely. What a game. <laughs> so we can uh we can get into predictions and then we can get out of here. All right. Um so we'll start we'll start on Thursday with Texas and Oklahoma. Uh you know what, man? Give me the Sooners. Give me the Sooners. I'm I'm on the bandwagon. I I, That's I believe. Fair. That's Give fair. me the Sooners. I'll I'll go I'll go the Sooners as well. Uh in that one. So next up, Iowa and Wisconsin, also on Thursday. Uh, that's, that's a bit of an interesting one. Um, I will go, yeah, I'll probably, I'll probably just roll Iowa to be honest with you. I think I'm going to go, I'm going to go Wisconsin in this Oh, one. wait. Oh shoot. It is in Madison. Ooh. It's in Madison. All right. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll still stick with Iowa just for okay. some discrepancy, but all right. That yeah, does, so that does kind of make me rethink things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I'll roll, uh, I'll roll Badgers. In this one, I think uh, Iowa. I, I I said this before, but I kind of worry about Iowa a little bit just because they give up so many points. I this think um, I think I think Michigan State only giving up fifty eight to them um, was maybe a little bit of a momentum shifter. Um, but I st- I'm still kind of worried about them because obviously Michigan State's not that good. So yeah, no, that's true. Yeah. I mean, like that's we are we talked about that last week, just how like we did. We we talked about that a couple of times. Now, yeah. I mean, like, just glancing at Ken Palm, I have Ken Palm open. Number one in offensive efficiency by, you know, a few couple points, Mm -hmm. and then 108th in defensive efficiency. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it's literally just – it's all gas, no breaks for them pretty much. Like, you're you're pretty much – All gas, no break, Robert Sala. (laughs) (laughs) Did you you see J.J. Watt's uh, Instagram story this morning? I did not. Oh God! I to... He posted like in some facility, and he put in the bottom right, "All gas, no break." Oh. oh man! Did you see that? Oh, I did. I just peeped that out. That is that. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. that could be a sleeper pick right there. I don't know. Right? That, they they got the money, so they do. Sixty-eight oh, million of cap space. 
So oh, that, that would be that would be a development right there. That it would, would be, be crazy. So, uh, but anyways, yes. Anyway, no breaks. Iowa Hawkeyes. Pretty much, if they're not putting up like 110, I don't know if you know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's come tournament time. I'm not sure how right. they'll be doing, but right. I guess we'll see. I think I think they definitely could potentially be a team that upset an upset alert. Yeah, yeah, that could be an upset alert type type right. team there for sure. Right. But we'll see. So I got three games on Saturday and one on Sunday. Okay. Uh, to finish us out here, uh, Virginia Tech, Florida State on Saturday at Florida State. I'm oh. going Seminoles. Yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go the Noles as well. We, yeah. we, 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 we didn't hype them up for nothing. <laughs> no, right, right. We didn't talk about Virginia Tech at all, but that's okay. <laughs> uh, Texas Tech and Kansas in Lawrence. I'm going okay. Texas Tech. I think they can pick up a road win. Yeah, me too. I cannot believe Kansas snuck back into the top 25. I know, that's, that's ridiculous. That is so ridiculous. That's ridiculous. Oh, my God. Uh, but yeah, I'll go, I'll go Red Raiders. Yeah. Next one, we'll go West Virginia and Texas at the Irwin. Oh, that's Center. a tough couple games for Texas. It is. Te- uh, Texas is in a bit of a stretch right now. Yeah, no kidding. Um, I will go. I'll go Texas. Yeah, I'll go Texas. I'll I'm going to go West I Virginia. Right. I'm going to go. I, 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 I know you're a little concerned about West Virginia, but I really like them. Yeah. So I, I think that I, I really, really like watching that trio of uh, McBride, Sean McNeil, and Derek Culver. I mm. really they that kind of developed into a trio that I really like watching. Yeah, yeah. No, that's that totally and, makes uh, sense. I'll, I'll kind of ride or die with them. <laughs> so we'll do one more, a big one on Sunday afternoon, Michigan and Ohio State in Columbus. Oh man. Not football. Oh, this game's at Those one o'clock. Oh, I hope I don't work. Oh, I thought this game was, that's lame. <laughs> that's so lame. I really hope I don't work. I'll have to check. Anyways, um, I'm going Michigan. Uh, yeah, I think I'm leaning. I'm leaning that way as well. To be honest with you, yeah. Um, I think it could go either way, but I think I, I will still go with Michigan. But I'm not overly confident. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I'm. I'm kind of in the same boat. I think Michigan yes. is just very narrowly the better team here, and you know, if there were if there were fans. You know, if there were fans packing packing out the arena in Columbus, mm-hmm. I would be a little more hesitant because I think that that could definitely play a right. factor in a game like this and in, in as big of a rivalry game as this. Mm-hmm. But just because it's it's you know as neutral of a court as you can almost get pretty much in conference mm-hmm. play, I will I will go with Michigan. Yeah, yeah. All right. So, so Michigan. So we're both rolling Michigan in that one. So that is my last prediction. So uh, I think that will about wrap it up for this episode. We went long again today. Yeah, we did. I know. I, I, just, like I just glanced at the clock. It's 6.30. <laughs> I know. I just glanced at the clock. I was like, holy smokes. <laughs> That's all right. So that will do it for this week's episode of the Talking Smack podcast. Again, thank you all for listening in. Join us next week. My name is Aiden Jolly. Alongside Adam Gorski. Good night. <laughs>